Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We have some spicy NHL action from the 2022 playoffs coming right at you in just a little bit. We're also going to talk about Barry Trotz and his sudden availability for the Jets. Does he make sense for Winnipeg? Should the Jets avoid him? What might he look like in Winnipeg as a potential head coaching option? All coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Thank you for pulling up a chair and joining us in tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you so much for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We've got audio and video versions of this podcast available for you on all of your favorite platforms, so it'll be available whenever you want us, where you want us, and how you want to listen or watch us. Uh, We always love and appreciate your support, so drop us a hot like and a subscription, and you'll never be out of the loop on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Now, on tonight's episode, obviously, it is a very busy playoff schedule. We're going to update you on these standings from uh, last night's games, some really crazy stuff that happened. Uh, we already have our first elimination in a four-game sweep. We'll tell you who that is and what exactly occurred in what is a pretty tough series for at least one of our uh, Central Division rivals. But before we get into any of that, there is a big question that is looming on almost every single Jets fan's lips, and that question is a name. Barry Trotz? So Trotz, uh, in a rather surprising move, got fired by the New York Islanders. And when pressed about it, uh, Lou Lamoriello was kind of cagey about why he did it. Uh, Now, Uncle Lou, we all know, is maybe not the most uh, adept when it comes to hirings and signings for his franchise. But let's be real. When he brought in uh, Barry Trotz, fresh off of winning a Stanley Cup of the Caps, this was a brilliant hire. Um, Now, I think there were a couple of conditions that really made it the ideal fit. Uh, For one, the Islanders are kind of on the older side, right? You look at that roster, um, and aside from Barzal and a few other young talents, this is by and large a pretty veteran roster. Anders Lee, uh, Kyle Palmieri, you've got some other guys. Um, There was, I think, Johnny Boychuk when he first joined, uh, Nick Letty at one point as well. So not exactly a team flush with kids. And let's also be truthful, um, not a lot of goal-scoring prowess, right? This was a team that, frankly, uh, was on the wrong side of their late 20s uh, into the early 30s. So Barry Trotz, I think, was actually an ideal fit. Why? Because he preaches defensive responsibility. He can actually have a significant impact on a team's overall defensive structure. uh, And given the Islanders not having um, a wealth of offensive opportunities and goal scorers, What Trotz did was then look for other ways to really stifle opponents, make the Islanders a very strong, dominant defensive grouping, and take advantage of a team that, while it might not exactly have a lot of high-end offensive ability, certainly has some really smart um, defensive players 
guys like Matt Martin, who, you know, I'm not personally a huge, huge fan of, but I know that uh, a lot of folks out there enjoy him. He actually did get some defensive value out of Martin, certainly in a shutdown fourth line kind of role. Um, Not exactly somebody that I would necessarily lean on if I'm looking to be a top end contender, but you know, Trotz tried to extract value out of pretty much anyone that he could. Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, Casey Sezekis. Uh, Sezekis probably ended up being one of his better uh, usages, especially on, I think, like the PK or something. Um, but, you know, Trotz is, is now a free agent. And so I think the question has become, well, does Trotz fit with the Jets? And it's a complicated answer. Uh, my gut reaction is I'm, I'm pretty split on it. Uh, so on the one hand, Yes, he would be a major upgrade on Dave Lowry, maybe an upgrade on Paul Maurice. And I, I think given the options the Jets have been linked to, Elaine Vigneault, uh, who else? It was um, Randy Carlisle, Scott Arneal, also names that have been bandied about. I don't really think any of those guys comes close to uh, what Barry Trotz would do for the Jets. Now, the reason that I'm not entirely sure he would be a fit is because like you look at Winnipeg's roster, right? And you look at what the prospects um, they've got are in terms of like skills, uh, playing styles, techniques, and you start to realize the direction the Jets might be moving doesn't actually align much with how Trotz tends to coach. Uh, Barry, when he was with the Caps, he still had some of his old, you know, big heavy boy hockey roots with the Preds, uh, and he did carry that over. I think one of the best examples is Jakob Vrana. Vrana for me was one of the most exciting Caps talents to watch, but like Trot simply did not like him. Um, obviously, I think Verona did actually have a couple of behavioral things that, you know, he did kind of have to grow out of. But even still, when it came to performing on the ice, there was very little question that Verona was still one of Washington's most potent offensive forces. And yet you can you consistently found him getting benched, reduced ice time and, uh, it was getting close to where I thought Vrana was going to get traded like the season or so when he was part of their cup winning roster. And yet once they actually got into the playoffs, Vrana was still a member and even more importantly, started scoring some of the biggest goals on their quest to win the cup. So, you know, trots with the younger players, he has a bit of a spotty track record. He definitely likes his veterans. And if you're thinking about a team like the jets, that is entirely, um, riddled with veteran problems, especially guys like Wheeler, who unfortunately aren't able to keep up as much as they used to, you kind of wonder if Trotz would actually magnify the problems on this team. Um, I think Barry would help fix, uh, at least from a like a higher level, some of the defensive issues, but Paul Maurice kind of did the same thing. You turn the Jets into a really boring, low-event kind of team, and in Winnipeg's case, they were pretty bad at it. Um, under Maurice, they kind of I mean, at least defensively as a whole, uh, might show up well under certain statistical measures, but because they weren't really generating offensively, it definitely came at a significant cost. So um, for me, Trotz, I, I think he would be an improvement over almost all of the coaches the Jets have been linked to so far, and maybe over Maurice. But I think if I'm looking at options, I still have a soft spot for Bruce Boudreau. Uh, Mark Morrison, I would still be interested in. Pascal Vincent, not 100% sure on, uh, and Morrison might be a little bit more of a fringe candidate too, but, you know, given the cho- given the choices, I think the Jets need to be a little bit more progressive, up-tempo, uh, and with the way that Chevy has talked about Heinola, Trotz doesn't actually sound like that kind of coach, but um, if the Jets do sign him, 
let's just hope that he can kind of stay out of Winnipeg's way when it comes to what makes this team potentially special down the road. And uh, hopefully he can unlock some of this team's true greatness. But we'll keep you up to date on what exactly happens with Trotz. I don't even know if he's actually interested in the Jets job. I think Winnipeg would certainly be a lot more interested in him than he is in us. So uh, let's just keep an open mind, keep an, uh, an eye out for what candidates might become available. And I'm sure Trotz won't be unemployed for very long. Now, we're going to transition from talking about the Jets to the current NHL playoffs because there's been some really crazy stuff that has happened over the last 24 hours. We'll talk about which teams are in trouble, which teams are actually already out, and uh, you know what it might actually mean for Winnipeg's uh, draft picks, some of which are conditional based on you know playoff performances for some of these teams. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out the wonderful folks at BetOnline.net. I am not personally a big online gambler, but I know a lot of you might be into online betting, and I actually got to try out betonline.net pretty recently. I thought it was fantastic. I I say this as somebody who has very limited experience with online betting. I thought BetOnline made it as easy as possible. They explained what every line meant. The stats and information that you needed were uh, readily available at your fingertips, and it's why betonline.net truly is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, uh, UFC fights, and even next season's NLF uh, futures. BetOnline is a continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, featuring live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. They've also got Vegas casino games if you're not really into sports, and you know no matter what your sport you're trying to track or you have an interest in, BetOnline's got you covered. So. Be sure to get started. Register for a free account on their website or, uh, you know, from your laptop or mobile device and, you know, get in on the action. I mean, BetOnline really is uh, a super fun place to check it out. It really couldn't be easier to register for an account. So do so right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are about to transition from talking about the uh, Barry Trotz availability for Winnipeg to Uh, day number I believe it's nine of the NHL playoffs obviously it's been pretty crazy for a lot of teams out there Um, we already have an elimination I'm going to spoil it ahead of time it's uh, Nashville versus Colorado and Nashville was the one to get swept out but we'll talk about that series in a little bit Uh, before we get too for you know too much further and too much ahead of ourselves just wanted to say thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day I would also highly encourage you to check out Locked On Now Locked On Now takes the most important takeaways from every game, uh, the hottest rumors, big trades, all of the latest breaking news from your favorite NHL teams distilled in 20 to 30 second sound bites so you get the most important parts every single day. You can check them out on your favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, be sure to subscribe to Locked On Now on YouTube, Odyssey, uh, Megaphone, same platforms were available. And just like our show, it is free to subscribe. So give them your hard-earned follow. And uh, we just really love and appreciate your support once again. Now, for the NHL playoffs, obviously, day eight or nine, whatever day it is, uh, some days it's actually hard to remember what day it is. Um, We've had a couple of interesting series results so far. Like I said, Colorado swept Nashville. And let's be real, the Preds, they really didn't stand much of a chance. The only way Nashville had a hope in this series was if Yusuceros came back in time before the Avs kind of did their thing. Um, that never really came to fruition. I mean, the closest the Preds got to winning a game was arguably game two in which they fell in overtime after a really valiant road effort, uh, just came a little bit short though. And, you know, 
for as much as they fought and for as long as Connor Ingram was able to keep the Avs out, it didn't really amount to much. Uh, game four, uh, unfortunately for the Preds, they did actually put on a pretty decent showing. They were trading blows as much as they could. The Avs were still outplaying them by a pretty decent margin, let's be real. But, you know, the Preds tried to put on a, a nice final game for their home fans. Um, and, you know, they actually did tie it at one point, um, and they even had a lead late in the game. They thought things were cool. Then the Avs tied it, and then the Avs took the lead. So, yeah, bit of a heartbreaker for them. They conceded pretty late into the third period and ended up just falling apart. It's kind of expected, though. I mean, the Preds are, frankly, not that great of a team. And you look at what happened in Nashville, and you just imagine, well, even with Hellebuck and Comrie, that probably still would have happened to the Jets. Let's be real. The Avs are just a much more superior offense. They've got a much more mobile back line. And with how the Jets have been playing this year, all of that disorganization and stuff, especially when it comes to dealing with rush counters, the Jets would be totally screwed. I hate to say it, but that's just the truth. Now, this series, I think, is disappointing, especially for Preds fans, because Philip Forsberg was sticking around on the ice after everyone else was starting to filter off, you know, taking a what was described as a pretty long look around the arena. He's gone. I, I think they've made that pretty clear. Um, Forsberg himself hasn't really been super committal when it comes to what his future with the team is. Sounds like he might be exploring other options. So, yeah, this is going to be a tough goodbye for Preds fans. I'm sure that they were hoping for more, more of Forsberg. But, you know, Nashville kind of needs to start tearing things down because you look at that team, you look at what they accomplished, and you realize there's not a lot of depth there. Uh, they have some interesting pieces, but it's not enough to be coherent in terms of like a high-end elite team that you would favor as a cup favorite. A couple of years ago, different story, but this year and uh, the past couple of seasons, they have definitely fallen off, and I think it's time for them to start thinking about the future. But, you know, the Avs, they get a couple of games off. Uh, they have an early series, and I think that they are one of the true teams to beat. I think it's going to be hard for anyone to unseat them, but... You know, out of the West, uh, there was another matchup that occurred tonight. Maybe one of these teams might be able to frustrate the, the Avs. I don't really feel that I would put too much stock into it. I honestly would be surprised if either of these teams made it far enough in the bracket to actually make the conference finals. But we'll talk about that series in a little bit, as well as the Eastern Conference matchups, some of which have had some surprising results. Uh, but uh, we'll get to those in just a little bit. So sit tight, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, Locked On Winbeg Jets fans. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's episode. We are giving you some updates from around the NHL. The 2022 playoffs are very much in motion. We've got a lot of action to cover. We talked about what happened with Nashville getting eliminated and swept out of the postseason. Now it's time to talk about Calgary versus Dallas. This series has been very odd, I would say. Uh, the Stars are probably the closest thing to um, the Jets out of the West that we have on this side. You could argue maybe L.A. is the other team that kind of resembles Winnipeg in that, you know, all these teams not so great at offensive creation, but certainly um, they're getting some amazing goaltending, and it's been enough to mask a lot of their deficiencies. This game, though, uh, a game tie or a series tying game for the Calgary Flames, a very critical juncture. I think Calgary finally started to break through. Uh, we even had a Johnny Goudreau penalty shot. Goudreau had a scare earlier in the game in which he did get hit up high a little bit. Uh, nothing I think that was an illegal hit or anything like that, but 
certainly a bit of a scare. He had to go down the tunnel for a bit. And I'm sure Flames fans were definitely holding their breath for like the league's second top scorer. So yeah, Calgary, I think they might have finally started to solve Jake Ottinger. Ottinger was like insane. Uh, He's put on one of the craziest playoff clinics we've ever seen, even more so than Igor Shesterkin. This has been a monster series for him. I think it gives Dallas Stars fans a lot of excitement for the future. And certainly in this series, it has given Dallas a fighting chance against one of the true powerhouses of the West. But I don't know who I really have coming out in this series. Every time I feel like Calgary might have the advantage and be able to push a little bit further, you know, Ottinger and a few lucky stars goals kind of pushes back and gives us a tied series. So maybe a coin flip. I don't know. I still think Calgary probably prevails in seven, but it's been tight the whole way through. And I don't really expect that to change on the Eastern side. We also had a couple of interesting results. Uh, the Panthers ended up rallying back and beat the Caps 3-2 to two in overtime. This one, you know, Washington was leading late, and then thanks to an early goalie pull with about three minutes left, the Panthers tied it. You could say it was probably pretty deserved. I think it was Samsonov in net, and while he was pretty darn good and really kept a very potent Panthers offense off the sheet for the most part, he can only do so much. Uh, the Panthers ended up outshooting the Caps almost double in, in terms of shots on goal, and a lot of them were pretty dangerous opportunities. So the Caps defense and goaltending units were all pretty busy. Um, Washington almost got away with it. There was a bit of a slightly questionable hit late in the game in which Oshi took out, I, I forget who it was, uh, maybe it was uh, Huberdeau or something, uh, or Barkov, one of those guys. I, I've heard mixed things about the hit. I haven't actually rewatched it. I only saw it at speed, so I can't really say too much about whether it was really bad, but you could say the Caps probably were fortunate. It was a no call, and Kuznetsov ended up getting the go-ahead goal on a beautiful breakaway as a result of the turnover from that hit. Uh, But of course, you know, you could say the balance of the universe put the Caps back in check, and Florida rightly tied it and then won. I would actually say the Panthers definitely deserve this game. They were the better team, and I think Washington probably put in one of its weakest performances so far. Uh, This series, again, constant pendulum swing. Much like most of the playoffs, it's been very even in a lot of ways. So we'll see who takes Game 5. The Panthers are probably looking to have a really big game at home. This is a chance for them to put their stamp on a series that, quite frankly, no one seems able to really grab a hold of. The final game that we're going to talk about is actually a very different kind of uh, series so far. Pittsburgh basically sent New York back to the AHL. Uh, They won 7-2 and took a 3-1 series lead. They look like the next team ready to stamp their uh, their series win and advancement onto the second round. Uh, Shesterkin actually got pulled in this one, and from what I hear, wasn't really his fault. But, you know, the Pens are one of those teams that year in and year out, they have uh, an uncanny ability to make the most of really limited resources, plus a great top six. And, you know, I say limited resources, right? Malkin, Crosby, Gensel, those guys are not really limited, but... You know, you look at the depth players and the injuries that they've had. They don't even have their starting goalies, right? Uh, They don't even have their normal backups. So I would say that the Pens have actually come through a pretty decent amount of adversity this season. And I think they've been skating circles around the Rangers. Uh, Shesterkin has only been able to keep, uh, you know, the Rangers uh, in this series for at least one game. Um, A couple of other games, you know, the Rangers just really struggled to create much. And Pittsburgh has been just the better squad. I think Mike Sullivan 
really doesn't get enough credit for just how good of a coach he is. And I think this series is probably coming to a close real soon. Unfortunately for Jets fans, this means the Andrew Kopp pick is not likely to convert to a first, but it is what it is. We knew that that was the risk. The Rangers would have to go really far in the East to actually have any shot at that conversion. So it was unlikely to begin with, but you know, we still held out hope. We probably still hold out just a little bit for when the series returns to New York later in the week, but yeah, not expecting a lot if I'm being honest. I'd be curious to know what you think about the series so far. If you've been following it, I'm sure you're rooting for the Rangers and hoping that they can actually pull the upset and and see Pittsburgh off. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a tight one. I think it's been a tough series. I think the Rangers don't really have a lot of answers for Pittsburgh's ability to come back in these games and some of the really dominant offensive performances. I thought the depth scoring mismatch would be an issue. Turns out it's the other way around. So, yeah, tough luck for the Rangers. They spent a lot and they might not be around for round two. But, you know, as far as our coverage for this playoffs is concerned, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. We'll have more thoughts on Boston, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Toronto, St. Louis, Minnesota, and L.A. and Edmonton when you wake up on the following Wednesday. For tonight's episode, though, like I said, thank you so much for choosing to make Locked on Jets your first listen of the day. That is going to be all the time that we have. Um, while you're at it, though, I would really recommend that you check out our Locked On NHL program. Uh, it, you make make them your second listen and subscription because they've got first round matchups to Stanley Cup kisses. Uh, Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other podcast out there. You will be able to hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. So be sure to drop them a like, follow, and a subscription right now. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.